Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. It's a pleasure to be with you. Our guest today is a real estate broker, real estate investor, a veteran, a West Point graduate. Jervon Simon is a self-starter in both real estate as an agent and an investor. He runs a team of agents and combines to invest in real estate while helping others to do the same. So Jervon, start us off and tell us a memorable experience that brought you where you are today. I think a memorable experience for me is and it's a real formative experience, just my upbringing and my background. I was born and raised in a, pro- or not raised, but I was born in a projects. I was raised in a low income environment. So, uh, you know, I never had a whole lot of money, never had a whole lot of means, but I had a lot of values instilled in me. And uh, I was also a lifelong athlete. So where I come from, really the only way to quote unquote, make it out is through sports, you know, getting a, a scholarship opportunity to go play sports, which I was able to do playing football, ended up going to West Point to play football. Um, I had other scholarship opportunities as well, but I decided it ultimately ended up on West Point where I graduated from. And uh, that's really created so much drive. It's just that combination of, you know, understanding that I, I wanted and needed more and also, you know, how to actually work hard and work towards goals through playing sports my entire life. I mean, it, it directly translated to, to business and, and a real estate investment. Yeah. Well, where did those values come from? I think just my family, to be honest. Um, you know, my dad was out of um, out of town or didn't live in my hometown pretty much my entire life. and But his side of the family was around a lot. Very Christian family. I had a lot of strong values and I had the the blessing to be able to be raised by both my mother and by his side of the family. And, you know, have it really kind of was a village whenever I was uh, being brought up. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have those villages. And I think we forget that a lot of times in our individualistic yeah. and uh, kind of a singular culture. But it's good you had that uh, that background there, and it certainly has made a big difference for you, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, start us off by sharing how it is that you think that anyone uh, can get started in real estate investing and build a portfolio one property at a time and then begin to leverage the equity as that uh, portfolio grows. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's pretty simple. You know, I always tell people the cheapest and easiest way to buy property in America is, you know, first-time home buyer loans or, or just even primary residence loans. It doesn't even have to be first-time home buyer loans. So, you know, first, if you're not a veteran, you know, you can go out and utilize your FHA loan, three and a half percent down, relatively competitive and, and good interest rate. You just have PMI, you know, just to get your foot in the door, identify a property that would be a good investment property down the line. I mean, you get into it and that's the most most important thing is acquiring the asset. 12 months, you have to intend to live in it for 12 months. 12 months later, you go, you can either refinance out of FHA if you have enough equity and uh, interest rates make sense to do so. If not, instead of using FHA loan again, you can actually use your a low down conventional. It can be as low as, I mean, there's some banks that do 0%, but most of them are three to 5% minimum. I mean, so, you know, you don't have to have that 20% down payment, but, you know, if you do that a few years in a row, you know, by the time you get hit three, four properties, that first and second property, you have a lot of equity. I mean, depending on how it's performing and, and the amount of equity you have, you know, you can kind of make a decision. Um, hey, do I want to hold on to this and just keep it and keep it as a rental? Or potentially just 1031 exchange into a bigger multifamily property that's going to provide more cash flow and a better asset for you. How do you go about focusing on your goals 
and what it is that you want to do in life by actually essentially looking backwards as you plan? Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to say. I, I think, you know, for me uh, right now, I'm kind of in a weird spot where I'm, I'm trying to make a decision on what my next steps are going to be as I wait for equity to grow and I wait for certain time periods to hit. So, you know, I definitely know the next property, next kind of property I'm going to purchase. But I guess to answer your question, I mean, I think it's all about just looking inwards of what it is that I want, you know, financial freedom and stability is what I want. You know, if something happens to me today, God forbid, I want my family to be okay. And I, w- I don't want my daughter or my, my wife or, or anyone in my family to, you know, have to suffer or go without because of what happens to me. So um, just really focus on building cash flow and buying cash flowing properties. And for me, that's ultimately my driver. Mm-hmm. Now, the way in which you go about it is obviously it can vary. There's, there's mm-hmm. so many different approaches to doing it, whether it's investing through uh, syndications with other agents or with other investors, sorry, or, you know, buying single family properties, you know, buying multifamily, flipping or doing the burst. There's so many different ways to go about it. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm just, I flipped a lot of houses and I got away with it. I started doing some more birds and now I'm trying to really just focus on what my next steps are going to be. And I'm I'm really actually eyeing new construction build to rent. Mm, Okay. Uh, Yeah, that flipping, it always sounds so glamorous. There's a lot of work and a lot of risk and it is not an equity builder. It's a a job. And every single flip (laughs) is um, you're starting all over essentially from scratch each time. But you're into the birds now. So I'm Uh curious, you're in the Tacoma area and I'm not real familiar with that real estate Mm -hmm. market, but I have a strong suspicion that it's really difficult to find cash flowing properties in the (laughs) Tacoma area. Um, yeah. Is that correct? Yes, sir, it is. You know, I'll tell a story of my first house I ever bought. So I didn't mention earlier VA loans. So if you're a veteran or active duty, you can use your VA loan. And and that's what I did. I was in, mm-hmm. I was in the Army um, and I purchased my first house with my VA loan. Well, at the time, um, interest rates weren't the greatest. And whenever that 12 months came along, I did refinance down into a way better rate. But um, if I had put it up as a standard rental, I would have broken even every month. And nobody wants to rent um, and just break even. So as I started to get creative, I decided I was going to Airbnb the house. So I started with Airbnb. My first ever set of guests, they, they caused a very big disturbance. Um, had police at my home at 3 a.m. Uh, with shots fired inside my home. So I didn't know at that point, I didn't know what to do. You know, I, the next month was going to be the first month where I would have two mortgage payments if I didn't have uh, basically people renting on my space um, or I would have to pay out of pocket. So I was kind of put in a pinch and, uh, and I was so tired of the turnover already. And, you know, that, that just very first incident left such a bad taste in my mouth. I decided to pivot and I kept it as a furnished rental, but I decided to move towards medium term rentals, AKA travel nurses. So I rent my properties out to travel nurses, a, a lot more stability, way less turnover than mm. uh, Airbnb, but more than a standard lease. And uh, it's been wonderful since then. Yeah, I would think uh, traveling nurses would be a good clientele. Generally speaking, you're going to expect them to be fairly uh, responsible citizens. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that would be. When was this? Was I know in 2020 and uh, and clear up even to today that the traveling nurse industry has exploded primarily mm-hmm. because of COVID. Uh, when, yeah. when did you start doing that? This happened in, that was March 2020 when that happened. Okay. That's when I put it up. It was actually like the first, it was like March 2nd or March 3rd that I actually, or no, I'm sorry, April. April it was like April 2nd, April 3rd, somewhere along those lines. That's mm-hmm. whenever it all happened. And yeah. Well, that's a good move. Uh, yeah. On the ball. With perfect that. timing. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It's difficult to time. 
uh, the market, yeah. but uh, but that was definitely a, an excellent move there. I think, sorry to cut you off, I have a philosophy that, you know, time, everything's going to work out how it's supposed to, you know, God, God always has a plan. But for me, uh, I think whether you believe in God or not and believe in that, it's the more actions you take, the more steps forward you take, the luckier you're going to get. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Just uh, sitting on your butt doesn't bring much good luck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're not only an investor, you're a realtor, which is a full-time job if you're mm-hmm. uh, really serious about that. And at the yeah. same time, you're building a real estate investment portfolio and business. So how are you able to manage both your full-time realtor job and your investment portfolios? I mean, I just leverage other people. I'm a realtor, but I have a team. Um, um, you know, I, there's, I focus on generating business. Focus on very and and I minimize the amount of admin work I have. I have an admin. I have two agents that also they handle all my buyers. So I handle the listings. I negotiate the listings. I I do those solely by myself with with the help of my uh, assistant, my team assistant. And then as far as the buyers, you know, every single buyer person that wants to buy, I pretty much pair them up with one of my agents, and and they take the, the head on that. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know we pretty much split the commission after that. So um, that's my model for being able to leverage myself to the point to where I can accomplish more I'm using other people and creating opportunities and adding value in that sense. And then as far as, as far as the investment side, you know, everything is, everything for me has to be hired up. I don't manage my properties. I have a property manager. Um, I don't do my own flips. I don't, if I, if I'm doing a rehab or renovation, uh, you know, yeah, I have my contractor and I might, you know, make decisions, but I'm not the one who's swinging the hammer. Um, you know, I think, don't get me wrong. It, you can save money. But for me, I personally don't believe that it's in my highest and best use to to be doing that. You know, I'd rather pay an extra couple thousand dollars on a rehab project than for me to to save a couple bucks. But you know, know that I lost mm-hmm. out on opportunities and in my daytime or based on my, my business. Yeah, it may save you money, but it, it rarely is going to save you time. And also, exactly. if if you've got a good contractor, they've developed a skill set that you, as a part timer, probably never will have. So one hundred percent. It is uh, swinging that hammer yourself can be a losing proposition. I couldn't agree more. Oh, well, um, you say that we need to be honest with ourselves and be honest about our skill set and what our values and what is it that we have to offer others. And so how do we focus on that and at the same time add value, not just for ourselves, but for others as well? Um, I mean, I think it just depends, you know, where your skill set is and, and where you can add values to others, add value to others. I recognized early on that I had uh, a very good understanding of real estate before I became a realtor, um, whenever I was really learning and understanding real estate investing. And that's what I fell in love with first. And so when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do on the outside of the army, actually, while I was still in the army, you know, I realized that, hey, I can actually help people here. And so I took my shot at it. And I mean, I don't want to say an instant success because it took a lot of work, but quicker than normal, I had a lot of a lot of success. Um, and I think that's there's multiple reasons why that happened. But I think you know the biggest one is, like I said, I just understood real estate really well, and I was truly able to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's I can only really speak from my experience. But I mean, other people, I'd say same thing. It doesn't always have to be real estate. It doesn't have to be being an agent. You know, there's other jobs within real estate, but even outside of that, you know, I think anybody can build a, a portfolio. 
But if you want to talk about adding value, you know, talk about what your skill sets are and, and look at it from a position of giving, whether you open a business or even if you're just going out looking for a job to be an employee, add an opportunity to an employer into their business. You were focusing up on how it is that you can add value through your skill sets and through honesty in terms of your values. In terms of property acquisition and building equity in your portfolio, we have to look, I think, actually beyond those skill sets and beyond those values in terms of actually adding value to the bottom line of the properties. What are some ways and means that you go about doing that? I think just understanding what the property is, what the property has to offer and what you can do to the property. Um, You know, speaking from my flip experience, um, I really look at what's the function of the layout. Can I add maybe a half bathroom somewhere? Can I, you know, work, where do I need to make some upgrades? Where can I pull back on for the rehab? Where can I add, you know, go a little bit more expensive on, on the rehab to, to really add value to the property and, and make it more enticing to potential buyers? And depending on where you're at, you know, really understanding zoning for your properties and, and what you can do on a lot and what you can do on a property, whether it's a a tear down and new build, whether it's a house that's existing that you can add an accessory dwelling unit, which is becoming very popular around the country and, and here in Tacoma as well. That's kind of what I would say is just really understand the full picture when you're looking at a property. You can buy a house with the FHA loan. And if you really understand it's zoning, even if you bought it with an FHA loan, you can now take a look at it and be like, huh, well, maybe because of the size of the lot and the zoning and the location, I can tear down a single family house down the line, this single family house down the line and build six townhouses on it. You know, that that's something that happens here all the time. So that's just something that I would encourage others to take a look at is and, and just really understand like what take a look at the full picture, not just the house. You know, oftentimes when you're buying a house on the market, it's already at its max capacity or its highest and best use. But if, if you're looking at value add opportunities, I mean, even if they are at the highest and best use for that house that doesn't mean that you can't do more to the lot because of the zoning um and so just that's that's kind of what i would recommend people to look at is just understand the, the full picture so that you can make a decision accordingly good suggestion there well you talk about uh working with the team and building a team one of the biggest problems i think that a lot of people particularly entrepreneurs they are confident in their abilities but it's difficult to to give up responsibility to others how do you go about doing that well i'm not definitely not the poster child for that <laughs> um, i think it just takes time and trust and making sure that somebody fully understands you know i've gotten a lot better throughout the last year and a half of being able to truly give up responsibility and, and roles and truly be able to delegate but it just takes time and trust and understanding that there may be nobody else that can do this task as well as you. But if it can get done at a 75% effectiveness of what you could do, it allows you to have time to go do something else that'll allow you to actually generate more income. Go do it. You know, it's so crazy. There's a stat out there and, and I saw it myself. I really did. There's a stat out there. I think Tom Ferry put it out. He's a he's a real estate agent coach. He just said, you know, it's oftentimes people increase their income and take home more money when they make more hires. Mm-hmm. intelligent hires, you know, so specifically when it comes to assistance. And I can attest to that. Last year, I didn't delegate as much as I should have. I made almost the exact same I made the year before. 
minus the salary. This year, I'm on pace to well surpass that because towards the end of last year and all of this year, I've given so much more responsibility up to my agents and to my assistant. And it's allowed me to really focus on generating other more business and doing what I do best. And now I'm like, wow, I'm actually, I'm giving up commissions or part, you know, portions of commissions and I'm paying a salary and my profit loss statement is going to increase this year because I was able to actually focus on money generating activities. Well, sounds like a smart move. Not always easy to see uh, it's not. the end results of that. First of all, there's giving up that responsibility. The other aspect of that is oftentimes paying a salary to somebody else to do things that you've been doing. It takes a leap of faith as well as the ability to trust and trust others that they can actually do uh, the job and do it correctly there. What is it that you do these days to promote your own growth uh, and development? Well, one thing I'm trying to do is just put my name out there more. I mean, that's why we're here now. You know, I think I have a, a cool story. I enjoy public speaking. I enjoy talking and interacting with other people and I want to expand my reach as much as possible. So I'm trying to get featured on more podcasts, trying to do more of that stuff. As far as my business, I think I or just promoting myself in general. I think just, I just am who I am on Instagram and social media. I don't fake or flaunt or anything. I am 100% me. You know, you can go on my Instagram, you'll see I'm, I post about my daughter. I post about my wife. It's not all real estate. I do have a lot of real estate on there, but I don't, you know, it's not all real estate. And, I, but you'll get personal life. You know, I'm, I'm a football enthusiast, play college football. I'm in a football family, you know, so I, I love it. I love sports. I love athletics. I love golf. You'll see me post about, 10 different things in one day, 10 different topics in one day, and then none of them are related to one another. But that I think that's just, I think there's some, a level of authenticity that truly attracts other people. And honestly, my following has grown exponentially through the years, and I think it's just because of that. Uh, Jervon, you've got a lot to offer. So tell our viewers and listeners specifically what you do in your brokerage and what you can do to help others and how it is that they can get in touch with you. Yeah, so um, I've there's a few ways, so a few things. So I have a natural or not natural national network of brokers, of top brokers and agents that I trust personally. And, you know, I never refer anybody out to somebody who I wouldn't trust to take care of. So I have a large number of brokers in many different states that can help um, no matter who needs help anywhere in the U.S. And also included in that also, you know. Um, I think I have a pretty good mind, especially with regards to real estate and being able to see things from a different lens. So, uh, and I think a lot of people do. It's always good to have different opinions. So with that being said, I mean, if anybody would like to connect with me or set up a time for a 30 minute call, I, I provided a link to set up a meeting on my website with my Calendly, Calendly link. So, uh, you know, whoever is out there that wants to connect, bounce some ideas off me, maybe even get put in touch with an agent or market. I'd love the opportunity to chat with you. I'm going to discuss, you know, the way forward and, and what could be how I can best help you in, in that process. Well, wonderful. Well, Javon, uh, just one last question. What was your greatest setback in life and how did you overcome that? Man, it's, it's tough. I've had some setbacks. I think one really big setback in life is that I've had is uh, when I was playing college football, my senior or my freshman year, I tore my ACL going into, it was a spring game with four minutes left in the game going into my sophomore year. At that point, I was vying for a position, honestly, in, in a rotation, potentially even start uh, becoming a starter. And I, I tore my ACL, missed my whole sophomore season, and it really derailed my entire career. Um, that was the first chance I had to impress my coaches, the, the new set of coaches that I just got hired on at, call, at my college. And, you know, they had their recruits and everything. And so just kind of in the back of my mind, knowing that um, the opportunities from then on out would be limited. 
Uh, but just staying the course, still sticking with it and just not being a quitter. I think that's something that really helped me inform me today. It's another formative experience that I've had. And it was a, a big setback emotionally and physically. And, you know, without it, I don't know if I'd be who I am today. So were you able to pick up the football career after your sophomore year or would the, that take you out? Yeah, no. So I, I stayed on the team. I stayed, I kept continuing to play. I actually contemplated quitting. I was, I was on the verge of quitting um, mm -hmm. after my spring football, my junior spring practices, my, my soft. Yeah, my sophomore year going into my junior year, I, I wasn't physically 100% where I, where, I, where I was beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, I was close, but I wasn't. And I was a little heavy just because I was coming off the injury and not being able to do much for a lot, quite a few months. And then um, I also just, I didn't feel as though I was getting an opportunity that I should have. Um, and so I, 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 almost, I almost quit, but I didn't. I decided not to. I actually was able to to get some playing time and contribute to the team my junior or especially my senior year, more my senior year than my junior year I got hurt again my junior year but yeah so I was able to to still stay on the team I I now you know I, I, we won a bowl game my senior year um I beat Navy we beat Navy for the first time in 14 years which mm -hmm. is a big rivalry so that was just such a special experience that you know like I said it was it paid off just sticking around and continuing to, to stay the course yeah. and you know despite the setback you know well, Trevon, it's been a pleasure having you today and uh, enjoyed meeting you. Uh, thank so you. thank you thank for you. being on our show today, Enlightened Investors. It has been a pleasure being with you once again. I look forward to being with you in our next episode. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And it's been a blast. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com.